Oh, boy. You're ready for this one, Logan. 75% of the population today of the youth between 17 to 24 doesn't even qualify for service. One of the top three reasons is weight and obesity. Obesity is now a national security issue. Welcome back to Startup Health Now, the podcast where we celebrate the entrepreneurs and innovators who are transforming health. I'm your host, Logan Plaster. So you're a healthcare founder who has designed and built, by the sweat of your brow, a new platform or product that can help people live longer, healthier lives. Now you just need to get it into people's hands so they can use it, give you feedback, help you iterate, and ultimately scale. As every founder knows, building the product is just a first step. Getting to market is a whole other challenge. There are lots of different approaches to go-to-market strategy, and with a community of nearly 500 companies and 1,000 founders, we've seen them all at Startup Health. But one we wanted to highlight today is the idea of pursuing partnerships with government or military. Given the enormous number of people that fall within the care of the military and federal agencies and the funding that gets allocated for their health, this is a tempting strategy. But it's not for the faint of heart or those short on runway. In today's episode, we'll talk to two people who are making this marriage of startups and government contracts work from two different angles. First, we'll hear from Shireen Abdullah, CEO and founder of Yumlish, about how she's working with the U.S. Air Force to help keep recruits healthy and service ready. Turns out, poor nutrition could actually become a national security threat. Second, we'll hear from the other side of the table. Susie Shirley heads up community engagement at the VA's Pathfinder program. Pathfinder was established just recently with the express purpose of making it easier for startups to access the Veteran Health Administration, which, if you're not familiar, is massive. The VHA is the largest integrated health system in the United States, providing care from more than 1,200 facilities covering over 9 million enrolled veterans. Many healthcare startups would love to work with this patient population, but traditionally the administrative barriers have been very high. Susie Shirley explains how her team is changing that equation. Let's start with my conversation with Shireen Abdullah from Yumlush. Shireen, so great to see you. Good morning, Logan. So glad to be here. Let's just start by level setting on what Yumlish is. Yes. Yumlish is a nutritional health platform. Think of it as the Peloton for nutrition. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Unpack that for me. Yeah. Yeah. Happy to. So what that means is we're providing content live on-demand content that leads people to make healthy nutrition choices and informed nutrition choices for themselves. Okay. Let's talk about uh, online nutrition information for a minute yeah. because we are being inundated by misinformation mm -hmm. and by over-information. Yeah. So sort of what do you see as the major challenges when it comes to uh, what people don't know about what they should put in their bodies? Yeah, that's a great one because... People don't understand simple things like, and this is across the board, simple things like what is a good carb versus bad carb? How do I eat healthy for my family so that my child doesn't get diabetes? These are very simple things. And I feel as health tech, we've overcomplicated a solution that works best, you know? And so within this context, what that means is walking people through a grocery store virtually this is how you shop. This is what a nutrition label is. These are the numbers that you should look for. Um, when you come to this, how do you select fruits? I mean, just basic things that somehow your physician, your primary care provider 
expects you to know about your health and just tells you, hey, go eat healthy. But no one teaches you. What I hear you saying is that you're you're finding a lower common denominator for yep. education versus waiting till somebody Googles what kind of diet I should have. You're kind of like saying, well, let's start with yeah. how you read a nutrition label. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Just taking it back to the basics. We've taken it for granted to assume that people know a lot of things about their health and the population we serve doesn't. I mean, a lot of people don't. Yeah. And again, we just assume them to know. But when we come from that place of providing that education, meet, meet people literally where they are in the grocery store. When you meet them where they are, you're able to create trust. And that is the core of what we're doing is building that trust with them. Mm. How do you think about building trust? What are some of the methods you use? Yeah. So part of that is talking to them about food. Food is something you and I can connect on. Any Take random two people here and they can connect on it. You can talk about food and what works for you and what irritates you and um, what you've noticed about your health and what you're trying to, you know, try or whatever. And what your family eats. What your, your family eats. Exactly. It, in your culture, your cultural foods, there's so much to connect on when it comes to food. And when you start with something so, um, you know, so, so basic like that, you make these connections whereby then they start telling you a bunch of other things that are not even nutrition related. Oh, and that to me is the true value of creating that trust because from there we drive them to other services. So what that means is we can drive them to screenings, get your eye exams, get your foot exams. This is specifically for a diabetes population. Um, you know, get your, we can do SDOH screenings, food insecurity screenings. We can do all sorts of different things once we create that trust. Got it. So the, the diet conversation, which someone is thinking about pretty much three times a day, if not all day, yeah. is the entry point yeah. for talking about more holistic health is what you're saying. Exactly. Interesting. Okay. Uh, I want to talk about your deal with the Air Force because you've got a really interesting application of this. Typically, when we think about diet, we think about direct-to-consumer. We yeah. just think about your average person trying to eat a healthy meal. Um, but you're working with the Department of Defense. Tell me about it. We are. So we're essentially working with them to try to figure out how to manage the weight of individuals that are coming into the Air Force. They're enlisting. And as they're coming in, there is a weight management component to help them meet the physical fitness requirements they need to Interesting. in order to successfully complete okay. recruitment. And why is that an issue right now? Oh boy, you're ready for this one, Logan. 75% of the population today, of the youth between 17 to 24, doesn't even qualify for service. One of the top three reasons is weight and obesity. Mm. So now you've got this 25% of the population that you're working with, so you can do the math from there. Every single one coming through that pipeline is very important and precious to put through. Interesting. And I mean, talk to us about sort of the downstream impact of like not being able to recruit. Yeah. You know, and, and, you know, the importance of tackling this challenge at the root. Yeah. I'll say this. Obesity is now a national security issue. Fascinating. Is that how folks in the Air Force think about it? It is. It is a huge problem across the military, in fact. When you look at the other branches as well, time and again, we're seeing year after year, especially after COVID and coming out of COVID, there are huge challenges in recruitment. There are huge challenges in sort of meeting the, the demand that we need to and the, and the flow that we need to to be able to recruit um, in an, into this pipeline. And year after year, we're at that point where we're missing targets for recruitment. And so that's a, and that's why it is deemed a national security. It's, it's fascinating. I think most people don't realize that yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. that a that we're having such recruitment challenges yeah. and b that nutrition is a big piece of it so tell us the latest and greatest from the company 
where are you at in terms of you know, the product? Yeah, so we've we've launched the app. It's in the app store. It's available there. Folks are downloading it. We're working with these young recruits in the Air Force population we just talked about. We're working with them very closely to help them manage, maintain their weight that they need to, to be able to successfully complete recruitment. Folks are going through, we're really excited about this opportunity because it opens up follow-on opportunities for us in other branches and other timelines as well during service. Um, that just one opportunity has all of these cascading effects yeah. for us that we're super excited about. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Uh, sort of what are the other sort of partner potentials? Yeah. Obviously, so you're thinking DOD. Yes. But, you know, what other groups would you like to partner with? Yes, we're looking at lookalike populations. So you can imagine law enforcement, firefighters. There's so many groups out there that need similar help. And this is not just eat healthy, period. This is eat healthy so you can perform in your job. Interesting. How does that change the actual content that you're sharing or the tenor of the content yeah. to make it workforce readiness? Yeah. No, that's an interesting one because you can imagine reading a nutritional labels, it cuts across. You can be someone with diabetes. You can be pre-diabetes. You can be someone who is 17 years old. Did you know how to read a nutrition label when you were 17? Uh, no. Yeah, exactly. Me neither. So <laughs> these are tough things that you have to I can barely read one now. Oh, I know. I get you. Yeah, I, I, I need all the help I can get. <laughs> I get you. But these are complicated things. They're not made easy. And so as you move into this journey, you realize quickly that these are common factors that cut across disease states, age groups. And there's a lot of work that can be done at a very basic level. Now, there's also disease-specific content that we're creating, yeah. but then there's some basic nutrition information that cuts across. Um, that's, that's awesome. Um, what are you most excited about for the next 12 months? For the next 12 months, all these opportunities that will be created for us. We're also raising our, our seed round soon. Okay. So that's another big one for us. And all the partnerships that are in the pipeline for us, we just can't wait. What will the seed round enable you to do? to ex exactly expand to other branches. Okay. Um, we're also amping up our content, our uh, the dietitians on staff, the subject matter expertise we need. So, so creating the Peloton of nutrition is going to yeah. take it's going to take a few dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shereen, I love what you're building. Thanks for taking a few minutes with me today. We'll be watching what you build next. Thank you so much. All right. Take care. Next up, let's go to my conversation with Susie Shirley from the new Pathfinder program within the VA. She provides some practical tips for how runway-limited startups can make meaningful headway with such a huge government institution and start piloting high-impact products with this patient population. Here's Susie. Good to have you with us. Thank you. Good to be here. Uh, start by just uh, introducing yourself. What's your role at Pathfinder? Okay. Um, well, so I'm Susie Shirley. Like you said, I'm with the VHA, so Veterans Health Administration Innovation Ecosystem. And uh, my role is Director of Community Engagement. Uh, and what I do is facilitate a number of different partnerships with academia, industry, veteran service organizations, and other nonprofits uh, geared toward accelerating innovation in VA and improving veteran care. Nice. Well, I, w I saw a presentation about Pathfinder yesterday. Very exciting to see that you've created a, a website and a, mm -hmm. and a task force, if you will, aimed at speeding up innovation, bringing it to the VA. At Startup Health, we work with uh, you know nearly 500 companies, many of which would like to impact that population. Yeah. So tell me what Pathfinder is and how it helps speed up that innovation cycle. Yeah, of course. And so it solves the exact problem you just outlined. There's 
whole entire communities that are working to solve uh, healthcare challenges that could have a big impact on veterans care, veterans lives. Yeah. And it's historically, and I mean, still current day, because Pathfinder is new, but it's been tough to work with the VA. I mean, federal agencies, uh, all alike, VA not excluded from that. You know, it's yeah. it's hard for startups to know, and um, not just startups, but, you know, industry in general, it's hard to know who to call, who to talk to. You know, if you talk with one VA medical center or one vendor relations person or one clinician, it's, you know, you kind of get different information and different different answers uh, from everyone. It's so. probably also a timing challenge. I'm guessing things don't happen quickly. Yes. So if you're yeah. like your runway is like 12 months or, right. you know, how long does it take to from first conversation to having a deal with the VA? Do you have any advice for a startup on how to navigate that? Yeah. So with, one of the reasons we built the Pathfinder is to provide a a better, more transparent, more efficient mm -hmm. uh, customer service experience for those who do want to um, improve veteran care. And so part of that is the the timeline. You know, we understand that some of these early stage companies, they don't have a long runway. Um, they're, you know, particularly vulnerable early on, you know, in, uh, in the development of their company and as they're strategically planning what direction they want to go. And so, you know, with Pathfinder, from the time they do a submission to, you know, two or three weeks later, we have a response uh, from a group of subject matter experts, depending on what their solution is, where we can give them some feedback. You know, are they on the right track? Do they need to do X, Y, or Z differently? Or, you know, come, to, come back to us at a different time? Because really what we want to do, you know, it's not just about creating opportunities to work together, but it's about giving people the kind of feedback that they yeah. need to make make plans with the limited amount of resources they have. Yeah, that feedback sounds really critical. Yeah. Uh, is that a key component of Pathfinder, that now there's a sub subject matter expert that gives, you know, answers your email within a couple of weeks? Yeah, it is. It's, you know, the Pathfinder kind of meets a number of different needs. And one is, you know, as, as someone who's submitting an idea for an innovative solution, maybe you're a person who came out of a hackathon and has a concept, you know, that you want to further develop, or maybe you're a young company um, or a veteran service organization. So you go through Pathfinder, which is this uh, concierge type approach to submitting your idea, and you're learning along the way. You know, what does it take to sell to the government? What does it take to innovate with us, you know, to co-design a pilot or collaborate on a solution or get uh, feedback, clinician feedback or veteran feedback on your idea? And so you're learning as you go, but then when you submit your your solution, it's on the back end, it's getting reviewed by, you know, we have over 100 subject matter experts and growing. We're really working to grow that community. So they're reviewing your submission and giving feedback and giving you ideas on, on what's, what's possible with the VA or what comes next. Something that was mentioned in the Pathfinder presentation yesterday that intrigued me, and maybe you can flesh it out, is just the range of of levels at which a startup might engage with the VA yeah. from, like you said, a co-developed pilot that's maybe um, uh, unpaid yeah. to a, you know, eight-figure, nine-figure deal yeah. for the whole VA. So kind of like, talk to me about that range. Yeah, I mean, there's, so there's a, a wide range of solutions that exist, you know, uh, and so you could have anything from an early stage idea and maybe you just want to get some veteran feedback on it or maybe you want to better understand what the problem is you're trying to solve yes so you yes. want to understand what clinicians have to say about it or what va administrators or veterans have to say about it and what they need um, maybe you're a little further along and you've got something that's almost ready for market but you maybe you've designed it 
uh, with a business model that meets needs for a payer or a provider, but the VA is both a payer and a provider. So you might need to tweak your model a little bit in order to work with the VA. Will you be more likely to succeed if you really understand kind of where you're at? So like say you're small, you, you come in, you want some big paid pilot versus coming in and saying, well, if I ask for something smaller, like a, an initial test with VA physicians, yeah. that's my foot in the door. Does that help? It does help. And, you know, as you can imagine, as we've been designing Pathfinder over the last, you know, many months up to a year, we've uh, created different ways of trying to elicit information from the submitter because the submitter doesn't always know exactly what they need if they don't understand exactly what's available yeah, with the VA. Exactly. But we started out with a multi-select that you could select all. And what we found was people were selecting all. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so really refining the, the design process and the user experience of Pathfinder to really help the submitter hone in on exactly what they need. It does help us as reviewers to, to be more specific about what we can collaborate on or what our feedback is for, for next steps. How many solutions get pitched to you through Pathfinder? Well, since we launched in June, we've uh, fielded over 400 okay. already. Um, it's not a wild number. It's not wild, no. And, you know, we uh, we get the part of the reason we develop Pathfinder is because we and when I say we, I mean the innovation ecosystem, but also people all over the VA. We're receiving all kinds of just kind of extraneous emails yeah. from I have an people idea. who just yeah, an email. I have an idea or, you know, where do you think can the VA use this? And like we talked about before, there's subjective responses that you get. I mean, people are trying to be helpful, but not everyone will have the yeah. same so uh, pathway. Yeah. 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 Interesting. Um, do you get pitched when you're here? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, my phone was just blowing up. <laughs> what would you love to get pitched? Um, I'm particularly excited about new, new business models and care models. Okay. You know, I mean, there's, like there's all kinds of, um, tech solutions out there that show great promise, but you know, the VA is really unique. And if you, you know, really the innovation happens in the ability for the company and the VA to work together to enable the VA to consume the technology. Okay. So when we think about, um, technology solutions around remote patient monitoring. Okay. So much of the innovation isn't even in the tech. Yeah. It's in how do we build the care models that allow the VA to consume exactly. that technology. Exactly. It might be the same uh, scale, might be the same blood pressure cuff. Um, yeah. yeah. But, but what do you do with that information? Yeah. Um, that's really interesting. Uh, any final words of wisdom to a startup who's thinking about addressing an issue with the VA? Final words of wisdom. Well, I would say, I mean, it sounds cheesy, but check out the Pathfinder because we tried to, <laughs> to plug website. in a lot of good information yeah. and reach out to us. You know, if you've got ideas and you've got, you know, ways of creatively solving problems, we want to work with you. It sounds like I mean, what I'm hearing you say is like we're more reachable than you realize. Yes. You know? It's not a black box anymore. Yeah. yeah. If in awesome. this Pathfinder submission might take you know, 20 minutes or 30 minutes. I mean, it's a thorough, it's an in-depth submission. Okay. So but do you, are you better off submitting like a really fleshed out deck? Um, what do you suggest? Um, how, how, how developed? I think really being able to clearly articulate, sorry, articulate. I messed up on the articulating that word. Um, articulating the problem, the solution, and any evidence that you have behind it. You may be very early stage, and it's fine if you don't have the evidence, but if you do, we want to know about Almost it. It's like a college application. Yeah. Yeah, that <laughs> sounds good. Uh, well, Susie, thank you for taking the time with me. It gives me uh, some optimism that this has been developed. Uh, what an important population uh, for us to, to help. 
and what an interesting model of care that exists at the VA and a place where we can innovate and then and then borrow some of that into the rest of society, you know? Yeah. Innovate in that in that capitated model and that um yeah, whole health sort of model for the VA. Yeah. I don't know. It's just it really is a sort of model for the future in, in many ways. So uh it's awesome to see you guys develop. Yeah. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Susie. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for listening to Startup Health Now. We'll be back again with another episode next week.